Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us, and we hope you are encouraged by today's message. Hey, church, this is Pastor Stovall with Pastor Brian, and we are here in the green room of our arena campus here in Jacksonville, broadcasting to you guys. And uh, wow, Brian, a lot's, a lot's happened in the last like seven days, you know, since we went over to Europe and of course had that powerful communion experience at Auschwitz, which, you know, we'll be sharing uh, a lot about that at a later time, but we kind of need to speak to what's going on uh, right now. And so a lot of things are changing with, with, with how we function as a church. And so, you know, right up front, I want to remind everyone, you want to tune in to our YouTube channel, celebration.org, the app, or our Facebook, and of course, the Instagram accounts almost every day. We're going to have content coming out every day. And a lot of that content is going to be unpacking our vision for this year. And, and church, here's the, here's the amazing thing. And if you've been coming to Celebration for a while, you know this. God has been preparing us for something like this for the last 18 months. We've been talking about the priesthood, the home, Ephesians 4, the, the, the reframing what we think about church and, and uh, that the local church is just part of the church, but it's the home. It's the family that's the foundation of the church. And so actually what we're going to be putting in place in an accelerated rate was something that we already had in our strategic uh, spiritual warfare military plan uh, from the Lord. That it, We were hoping that it would be in place by January. And so we're just accelerating what we already uh, had planned. And so we're going to be talking about that, how our deacons and elder structure come into play, and uh, how that we're um, we're, we're just going to thrive as a church. And, um, you know, we want to pray for, for, for health and safety for everyone. But I do want to say that for the church, you know, now we're, we're faced with some things, Brian, that, um, maybe before when we would preach about these things and talk about these things, I think a lot of people kind of had a more option, an optional, uh, frame of reference. Yeah where now there's not going to be uh, that many options. And church, how many times have I said, you know, everything, how we're doing foundations, everything that we're setting up with our priesthood and, and deacons is because we know that a day is coming where, and I think I even said this, you know, what would happen if in three months, all of a sudden everything changed and we couldn't meet in large gathering uh, spaces and do event style ministry. And so, you know, we know those things are going to come back to a certain extent. However, that's, those aren't the church and it's not what the church should be built around. The church is built around you. It's built around your home. It's built around your friends and your family in your own community. And so we're actually just super beyond excited, just thrilled with how God's going to reveal himself uh, in this next season. And so, um, Brian, why don't you just, just pipe in and then we'll, we'll share a few scriptures and just kind of talk about where things are headed. You mentioned how in past seasons, we've had so many options 
And it's like, it's like this restaurant that has all these items available to order. Yes. And in this season where a virus has been, you know, released, it reveals that there's one menu item on the menu mm-hmm. right now. And that's, that's family. Yeah. It's, it's the reality is what we're doing right now, what has happened, it's forced us to go back into our homes, go back into these environments and really start seeking the Lord. Because mm-hmm. in different seasons of human history, I was thinking about Moses. He was in a time uh, when he was trying to lead the Israelites into yeah. the land of promise. Yeah. All of us are trying to lead our families into this place of promise. We've talked over and over how there is no plan B with God. That's right. He always starts with family from the garden to where we are now. And Moses, it was a time when there was a plague. Something had been released upon the people, and he's taking this moment to get with, with God. And he has these very real moments, and the Lord said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take this season, because seasons like this reveal that we're vulnerable. Yes. Uh, vulnerability is hard for most of us. We don't like that feeling, but what it reveals is that we, we are needy. And David over and over would refer to himself as we are but dust. Yeah. And it's in moments like this when it reveals this reality that we are but dust. This thing is affected. It doesn't matter what ethnicity, yep. doesn't matter what age, doesn't matter male or female, Jew or Gentile. This is revealed to all of us our great need for God and our great hunger for him. And Moses went to God. He would go out to the tent of meeting to meet with God. And God basically gave him some instructions, said during this time, have the people kind of strip away the things that they could normally be entrapped with. Mm -hmm. Strip away, make it really simple. Let them take time to consider what's happening, but then also give me time. The Lord's saying, give me time to consider what I want to do. What are my plans for this season? And Moses began to intercede. And I think that's a big part of our church right now and our families is embracing that God placed us specifically in different apartment complexes, different neighborhoods. It's really an opportunity for us to seek the Lord, like Jeremiah told the Israelites, seek seek the Lord for for the welfare of the city where I've sent you. Pray to him on its behalf. And so there's a part of this that reveals our function as the priesthood, not just for our families. Start with our families, but then from there, really seek the welfare of the city where we've been sent. And Moses begins to intercede. And the thing he asked for is amazing. He said, Lord, show me your ways. And I think this is crucial. Yes, it's is crucial. It's what he's been showing us the last couple of years th- yeah. since the encounter. We've been crying out, Lord, show us your ways, because oh. we want to we wanna be accurate as we bear his name. And, and so Moses goes, show, show us your ways in a time of vulnerability, in a time of darkness. Show us what you want mm-hmm. us to do. And God begins to give him instruction And he goes, show us your ways that we might know you better. And I really do believe this season is all about getting back to the basics of family and a hunger for his presence. Yes, Like seeing his presence fill our families like never before. Because Moses said, how will the other people know that we are your people unless your presence goes with us? And that's what he said. Show us your ways, but make sure as you take us into this place of healing and promise that your presence goes with us. Let your presence mark us. And I just get that sense. What God's hungry for is for us to get hungry for not just being protected, not just being covered, but really hungry for his presence so that as he visits our homes, as he visits us as the people of God, other people all around our neighborhood start going, 
we don't know what's going on with you guys, but we, yes. we need what you have. And I believe that's what he's trying to reset in a time. He's going to use this time to, to uh, really bring his church to a place of vulnerability, awareness. There might be some things that we got to clean up. There uh-huh. might be some things he reveals that we normally could put our trust in, but now we can't. And those are actually really healthy because it gets us back to that place. We want to live off daily bread. I think that's what he's always wanted. We be reliant upon him, hungry for his presence, hungry for his ways. And then Moses said, show us your glory. And I think as we do that, we're going to be able to see God's glorious plan as we move forward here. It's been pretty amazing. I know for our family, it's been a real great opportunity to get the kids around the table, to pray with one another, but then also go, guys, this is bigger than our table. This is about our neighborhood. This is about what he wants to do in our city and framing it. Even though we're in a time of vulnerability, this is mission. God's yeah. given us a mission. It's like, it's like we finally have the opportunity to live out the Beatitudes. Yes. And, you know, we, we were having this conversation a couple of months ago. How can we, when I say we, this is kind of our, our senior staff and uh, some of our executive team, um, you know, in our prayer meetings when we come before God on Thursdays, and we were like, how can the church— how can we get to the place where the, the building and the church activities aren't competing so much with the home and the family where God's people actually have the opportunity to live out the Beatitudes with their neighbors? <laughs> you know, like, like that's the city on a hill. We're not going to live out the Beatitudes in big events. I want to be really clear here. I'm pro big events. Big events can be a catalyst. Large church gatherings uh, can be a catalyst. But the church was not built on large events. In fact, in most of the places where the church thrives, and definitely in the entire, uh, you know, first and second century, unless you're in a very impoverished area, you know, we see Jesus with large crowds in some of these uh, impoverished areas, you know, outside of the big cities. No, the, 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 it was just the opposite. The church spread rapidly yeah. house to house because people could actually live out the Beatitudes in front of their neighbors. They actually had time to invite people to their house, to their table, to have a meal. And in that meal, conversation could come up about God. We even talked about um, how are we going to help the church get into this mindset because we we, we know that something's coming. And when I say something's coming, I'm talking about change and I'm talking about permanent uh, change. And so, yes, this coronavirus, it's the beginning. And yes, it will, you know, things will eventually alleviate and, and we'll be tempted to think, okay, let's go back to this yeah. old way of, of everything centered around big events in the buildings and church. If we do that, it will be a big mistake. You guys that have been at Celebration, this goes all the way back to the encounter that I had with the Lord uh, on Passover almost two years ago. We're going to talk about Passover and the blood of the Lamb over our homes uh, in just a second. But but the missional component of that, which was um, the restoration of the family and the home as the pillar of the church, the table, bringing God's kids back to the table. We talked about ways uh, our staff did as Okay, should we, should we, um, you know, once a month in the fall, not have a Sunday service and kind of in the big venues and kind of start to, uh, 
give people a new schema? How, how are we going to kind of force things a little bit? Um, uh, and then all of a sudden this happens yeah. and it's like, man, we're, we're, we're here and we're here right now. And this is what I want to say. And I'm going to read the scripture scripture. This is the most important thing. Whoever is listening to this message, please hear me. And I'm speaking from the Lord, your family, your home, your immediate circle of, of friends. That is the foundation of the church not the building and the large gathering, okay? These things are a bonus. These things only work as they're submitted to the family and to the home. The, 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 the church isn't made up of a bunch of families. No, no, the families and the, if you're single, if you're in college, just think of God's adopted family, that kind of koinonia, that kind of community of friends there. That's the foundation of the church. This could come and go. We can have big meetings or not have big meetings. This has nothing to do with how the Lord sees his church. So we've been talking about the priesthood of the believer. Okay, it starts with you. You're the church when you're saved. Then it goes into your family, your home. That's the foundational koinonia going all the way back to Eden. Okay, and as we're going to read here in Exodus 12 in a minute. Then there's the local church, Ephesians 4, that equips the family and the home and the priesthood, and the community of friends. But even that is connected to the big C, Mm -hmm. the regional church. And so we've been talking and teaching all these things over the last 18 months. So this is not new stuff. If you've been going to celebration, we're coming out with a whole next round of resources on communion in your home to parents, to kids, the Shabbat guides, all that kind of stuff. We're going to be talking about how to connect with your deacon. He's the pastoral care arm in your community. We have deacons in basically every community in Jacksonville. This is the time when we're actually, (laughs) what a thought, like be able to witness to our neighbors. What a, what a foreign concept that the family is more valuable than the big building. That's the thing. If, if we think that, if you think that your home is lesser then the big building, this is not going to connect. You have to see yourself as the priest. Yourself, if we could say the, the, the pastor, it's the, we're all the kingdom of priests. You having the, the weekly gathering, the weekly yeah. service in your home. We'll all be synced up with content and prayer and all those things. But, but this is how the church can reconnect to its, its, original or more organic context mm-hmm. where it where it thrives. And so um, I'm just going to, I want to read out of Exodus 12. And this is the Passover, okay? So the Lord's instituting the Passover. This is where we get our modern day communion. This is what Jesus was doing at the Last Supper right before he died. Many of you know that, um, you know, my encounter was around Passover and around the, the Passover meal that was also on Good Friday. Now, this is very, very important. Listen to this, and you're going to see how really this is, if we could say, here's the first church, so to speak. Here's the two or three are gathered. I want you to think this is the the first gathering of, of congregations in a communal sense with God, watch, where judgment is coming over, but whoever is in the house, who's ever in these little uh, many out Eden, 
Eden outpost, okay, who's ever under the blood of the lamb and connected to a body, very important, is going to be uh, spared, not only spared, but it's going to be blessed. So look what it says. It says, um, okay, he, he says here, Exodus chapter 12, verse 3. He tells Moses, he says, speak to all the congregation. So here's, think of the big C. Think of the, here's all the congregation of, of Israel. But it says on the 10th of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb. Look, according to the house of his father. Okay. And so this is talking about households. Think of the house, the home. Okay. It says, take a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor, this is awesome, let him and his neighbor next to his house, take it according to the number of persons, according to each man's need, you shall make your count for the lamb. So yeah, this is what it's talking about. Judgment is coming, okay? Plagues have been coming. This last plague is a major one, okay? Because death is about to come to both man and beast. Okay, so here's what it says. Look, don't worry about all the big gatherings. This isn't a big gathering. It's about you, your home, your neighbors, your immediate friends. You get in your home. Come on, light a fire. You're going to cook the lamb. Here's where we get the idea of lighting candles on as we take communion, the Shabbat. Light a, uh, light a fire. You're going to cook the lamb, right? You're going to partake of it, and you're going to put the blood of the lamb over your doorpost, over your home. Church, listen to me. In this season, we want to put the blood of the lambs over the doorpost of our homes, our, our house. It's like this is what God has instituted when we partake communion by faith in our houses and in our homes with our neighbors and family and friends, the Lord puts his hedge, he puts his sheen over our watch, our doorway. And I don't have time to talk about the significance of the doorway, but watch, this is the gate. Jesus becomes the gate. Just as he set a hedge of protection around Job, he puts his hedge over your home. And that gate, that doorway, to get in, they gotta go through Jesus and to get out, they got to go yeah. through Jesus. He is, your home becomes his home. And so I can't think of a more relevant season yeah. to begin practicing the table in your home as much as you can, particularly on Friday night. And then if you gather together um, on, 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 uh, on Sundays as well. Pastor, the, yeah. the, the, the blood over the doorpost, it's, that blood, they, they, they put it in a basin, but if it was not applied, you know, there's certain yeah. methodologies, certain ways that God has given us. You know, when we take communion, we know, we, we know the one that's at our table is the resurrected Christ, the one who conquered death. Yes. And there's something about when the Israelites did that, it created that, that distinction. It, it, it marked them. And I think everything we're doing right now is about we're already marked by his blood. He's already saved us, transformed us. But there are certain things through prayer, through intercession, through communion, through the Lord's table that I think also yes. demonstrates tangibly to the powers and the rulers, our real enemy. It demonstrates to them, we have to take our hands off legally 
they belong to Yahweh. They belong yep. to Jesus. Yep, yep, and yep. When, when you as a family come under that, literally come under that covering, it speaks of a wisdom of the age to come. It speaks to where the real warfare yes. and the enemy, I just get this picture when we do this, he has to take his hands off. He has to back away. And as he does that, he understands his time is short. Yes. And I think yeah. during a time like this, when we're vulnerable, when things are happening, the enemy tries to intimidate and harass, mm -hmm. almost making us feel like they didn't just shut themselves in in fear and just hold out. Yeah. They actually operated in their faith and trust in who he is. They didn't just wait it out. They did something during that time yes. that was very intercessory <laughs> that led to a whole people getting completely free. Yeah. And so, <laughs> yes, which <laughs> this is great because understand many of us understand the blood of Jesus. Many of us can pray a prayer and say, Lord, we believe in the power of your blood. Yeah. However, how is that faith being put in action? In other words, where's, where's the what are we doing to demonstrate that? This gets back to the demonstration. We 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 know that you know we're we're covered by the blood of Jesus, you know, and we're we're cleansed by the power of His blood. But how do we demonstrate uh, faith in that and loyalty and and loyalty in that? How do we uh, demonstrate by faith that we are distinct and that we believe the tables in our homes? be they belong to God. It's his table. It's it's his house. Yes. And I know what some of you are thinking, like, my family is so crazy. This is going to be so hard. Watch. Now we're getting back to this. You have the Holy Spirit. Yes. Say, Lord, this is so hard. Would you please bring your presence into my home and help me put these things into practice with with my family. This is where we get to. We've got to get all of us going to God yeah. before we go to the man. Talk to God before you, you, you call your deacon, but you can call him pretty quick right after that. But we, we know that you, that, that you need help, but it's this point of we're all priests. You can hear from God just like me. I don't hear from God because I'm a pastor. I hear from God because when I started walking with God, I just, I just started to pray. And we're going to get you all the stuff. We're going to get you all the resources. Another thing that I wanted to say was, um, you know, when it talks about in Exodus 12, God says, I'll pass through the land of Egypt on that night. I will strike down all the firstborn of the, of the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods I will, of yeah. Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord, okay? I am Yahweh. And so if you understand the context of this, all of these plagues were direct judgments against the lesser gods, the fallen angels, Satan's principalities and, and powers there, uh, even the death of, of the firstborn. But here's the point. God wants to make his people distinct from what we would call the worldly Egyptian Babel system. And it's in times like this where we can start to see, like you were talking about, Brian, these areas, and maybe we've come become a little too yeah. attached to that worldly system. And what Jesus is saying is that we're his special possession. We belong to him. 
businessmen, I'm telling you, whatever the economy does, this is the season where God wants to show you is distinct, where you operate according to another kingdom, where um, even though there might be some temporary hardship, people see how you're blessed and people see how, how God is blessing you. And they're coming to you like you could see in the land of Egypt. Goshen, where God's people were, the Israelites, man, they were great. Yeah. Everything was blessed. All their crops and, and animal, everything was great. But Egypt was completely desolated. This is how God begins to show uh, distinction. Think of, think of Joseph yeah. and the story of Joseph in Egypt with Pharaoh. How all of a sudden there was distinction there uh, that the God of the Hebrews gave wisdom to his people that ended up blessing all the land uh, when they were under famine. And so just one more part of the Passover experience, you know, um, you know, it also talks about the unleavened bread. And that's where we get, of course, the matzah bread that points to the body of Jesus that was without sin, that was, um, you know, bruised and scarred for our iniquity. And it also represents as we partake of that bread, we're coming together as one body. Families, mom, dad, listen to me. This can be the season because of the shaking that's going on around us, okay? Where the Lord can bring your family back together, where he can remember your family. The church is never going to be able to get an agreement until our homes, as much as we can get in some kind of unity or agreement, and I feel that, you know, like, we kind of have to face ourselves. Sports yeah. are canceled. <laughs> oh, you know, like everything, there's nothing to do but kind of. All the things we could escape into. All, yeah, all the escape things. And so this is a time where we, we reassess what's important and we can get our family and friends around the table, the body and blood of Jesus. We're going to have great content for how, how to turn your home and with the deacon, there'll be these mid-sized gatherings in neighborhoods, restaurants, and communities. Um, there'll be a lot of things here at the church. We're just going to have to keep them under 200. So it'll be like throughout the week, uh, you know, and on the weekends. But it'll be different neighborhoods or communities can come at this time or reserve this spot. Um, there'll be different things for the kids. But we're going to reveal all that plan to you. But the thing is, church, we've been waiting for this. And, and it is here. And this is a time that if we follow the Holy Spirit, yeah. okay, we follow the Holy Spirit, the Lord can use this to remember his body. And nowhere is that, where that has to start is in our homes, our tables. Like I said, if you're single with that circle of your family and friends, listen, I get it. The big church is fun. <laughs> yeah. it's amazing man we can do amazing worship with concerts and sound and, and all of that we're we're gonna have all that in a content form from you but the church this is what's important our families our homes our our, our neighborhoods this is this is where the church can be the church we'll get to do all that again but where things are headed i don't think it will ever be the same We'll hit seasons of, nor of, of what we would consider normality, but we're in a different time. And uh, so, Brian, what do you, how do you want to just kind of... Yeah, I think it's that, that awareness that 
that things are changed. I mean, we don't get to go backwards from this moment. Everything is going to shift a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, and I love you know, our, our, the response of our civil government. I think they're doing everything that they're supposed to do. In fact, our president called you know, a national day of prayer. Mm-hmm. That's pretty amazing. And so as we align with our families, we align with the kingdom at large. This is a global thing that's going on. Yeah. And so God is also activating his global church I think yes. in a massive way. So I would just say this, every prayer counts. Yep. Every moment at the table counts. Like everything counts in this time. And it's really everything. it's really cool to see that our families can carry a supernatural power. And I think that's even if we don't know how to pray as we ought, sometimes you know that yes. maybe you're struggling. The, the Paul even said we have the Holy Spirit who can help us in our yes. in our time of weakness. So I think the biggest thing is just daring not just to hide during this time, but to actually come into the Lord's presence yes. and call upon His name. He said, if you call upon my name, you shall be delivered. Yes. And it's trusting in His name more than our methods, trusting that His ways are higher than our ways. And Isaiah said, I'm going to do a new thing, but it requires letting go of the previous thing. And so I think this is a great season, and maybe even as you pray for all of us, a great season to dare to believe God to show us new things, but also being willing to let go of these other things, these yes, trappings. Because he's, he's delivered us yes. from Egypt. He's delivered us from sin. So he doesn't want us to, to live like that exactly. any longer. He wants us to, to, to demonstrate, you know, we belong to God. We're a covenantal people. So we're different. We're, di- we're distinct. Um, we're covenant family. And so that means we show loyalty to God regardless of, of what's going on, you know? We tithe regardless. We open our homes regardless. We pray regardless. We, we, yes. it's, about, it's about family. And there's, you know, we'll be showing you with our awakening association that's exploding. We're tied in with family all over the world now. And the awesome thing is, we're all reading the same thing, like yeah. we're, we're, you know, the scripture plan. We're, we're, we're. It's the same values. It's, it's like you have a family all over the world, and we're all praying for one another, and it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah. So, Brian, you want to pray for us? So watch. If you're watching this, wherever you are with home, with whoever you're uh, with, this is a great time. Come on, you can do it. It might be awkward. You might say, Stovall, I don't have any. There's no bread left at the store. Just find something. <laughs> find some goldfish. Find what you have. Get a, you know, do it. Well, I don't have any grape juice. Well, get some apple juice. Get something. Like, like do something. Do something that, that takes your eyes. Watch. Off of this yeah. and puts it like this yeah. with the people that you're with. Even if it's just you and your wife, grab, uh, grab hands and pray. And pray for your neighborhood. Just pray for your, where you are. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Amen. And I was just thinking as we pray here, um, fear tries to immobilize us. Yes. It tries to get us to not do the things. Like giving is a great example. Th- this would be the best time. Don't, fear tries to like get you to freeze your assets. It tries to get you to close in and get into self-preservation. Yes. And so during this time, it's like, Lord, give us the courage to 
not withdraw, but to actually give our time, our energy, our effort like never before. And we become this church that gives in a season of famine, gives in a time yes. of virus. And yes. we start spreading that, that potent message of the gospel and, of the kingdom. And the people, he'll store us up like a, like a, like a Joseph. He'll, you're how, I'm talking about you yeah. as we give because there's tons of families in our community. They have nothing. They have, yes. So if, if we have any income, well, then we percentage give off of that. If you don't have any income, then you don't percentage give. And in fact, we can be the church and help you because others are chipping in to help yeah. you. And, and we've got, we've got, you know, churches all over the world. So it's all about coming in and, uh, and being a family. Mm -hmm. And it's just, no, there's no reason to fear. We, wow, we put the blood of the lamb over our doorpost. Yes. Like, think about how the, 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 the children of Israel must have felt death is, everyone will be wiped out that doesn't have the blood of the lamb over their home, over their doorpost. Think about how they must have felt. You know, I mean, wow, that that's that's intense, that's serious. But we, they were putting the blood of like a literal lamb. Yeah, we have the blood of the yes. lamb, Jesus, our atoning sacrifice. So once we realize that the Lord is. He wants to show distinction. He wants to show who's are his and who's not. So those who are not are going to want yeah. to come to him and be part of his. Amen. Come on, walk in That's faith. Powerful. We're with you. Let's pray. Yep. Father, we do. We just agree right now. We Thank pray you. like Moses prayed. Mm -hmm. In a time when there was a plague, he cried out to you and he said very simply, Lord, show us your ways. Mm -hmm. God, I'm asking for every family member watching yes. right now that you'd reveal your ways to them as individual families, but yes. we would also reveal your ways for us as the family of God, mm -hmm. not just at celebration, but your kingdom of families all over this globe. You would reveal your ways in this time. And then we cry out also like Moses did, Lord, presence. Give us your presence like never before. Give us a hunger and a thirst, not just for your promises, God. I'm asking that you give us a hunger and thirst for your presence. We're like Moses. Unless you go with us, unless you bring us out of this, unless you go into this land of promise with us, we don't even want to go. So Holy Spirit, would you reveal yourself like never before? And we yield and surrender our homes, our households, our families to you. Show us your ways. Let your presence go before us and fill our homes with your very presence like never before. And we would see your supernatural works take place in this earthly realm that others would crave and want you like never before. And, and I'm going to ask, I just look, I want to ask you right now to repeat this prayer. Once again, we have this, this habit of we're listening. Like right now, we're going to ask the presence of God to yeah. fill our homes. You know how to feel the presence of God when you're in worship in a big gathering. The presence of God can fill your home right now in spite of all of our faults and frailties and weaknesses. So repeat this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, fill this house. Fill this room. Fill this sacred space with your presence. Lord, I am your sacred space. My body is your temple. 
my body is your house. And whether it's just, whether it's just me or two or three gathered in your name, fill us and fill this house with your presence, Holy Spirit. Without your presence, we are not going to move forward. And we thank you for the blood of the lamb that's over our, our bodies, our temples, and also over our homes. And anyone that's with you right now that doesn't, maybe doesn't know uh, the Lord, um, I, th- I think that they're going to be open. And so maybe, maybe you could uh, pray or talk to them. And it's going to be a great, great week. I, do you feel the presence of the oh, Lord? Man, man the pre- I'm, 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 yeah. <laughs> Sanchez is behind the camera over there. It's like, it was like, <laughs> it's a supernatural season. The presence, it's about God's presence in your home and then taking that to your yeah. schools, businesses, neighborhoods. Last night, I released the kids to speak the priestly blessing over each mm, other. Yeah. And maybe you could just speak yes. that priestly blessing over us. Because when we did that, again, the presence filled our, our, our room where we were eating. And all the kids could feel his presence. Yeah. There's something about that priestly blessing and him writing his name over us. Yes. Oh, man. And just, gosh, this is such great scripture engagement when you gather around the table and and uh, we're going to have lots of new resources for your home coming out this week and a link to a website that we've built where you can download a ton of stuff. So let me pray for you. And I'm speaking this over your, your and, and you agree with it, over not only you and yours in your home, but your neighborhoods, your apartment complexes, wherever you are. Let me pray. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom to you and yours, your household, your children, your children's children, your communities, for those who are near and for those who are far off, for your family and extended family, for our family. Lord, for your bride and our bride, Lord, for your firstborn and our firstborn, for our family under you, O Lord, we give you all the thanks for setting your name, your distinction upon your people. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen.